Can you turn in your Bibles to Isaiah chapter 9? The Christmas season is coming upon us. I enjoy the Christmas season. I enjoy it all year. But I do enjoy it this time of the year. And I don't know if it's because the whole world takes notice. Um, or if it's just the fun of celebrations and family, but I enjoy this time of the year. I want to I wanna read to you a passage. I'd like us all to read it together from Isaiah 9. And uh, this morning I want to talk about Jesus. I'll say that again. This morning I want to talk about Jesus. He is the most amazing person to live on this earth. He is the most transformative person to live on this earth. Do you realize that time changed when Jesus came? Literally, time changed. If you look on the clock, they will go A.D., Anno Denimo, which means in the year of our Lord, and before Christ, it's B.C., when Christ was born, our calendar, the year 2018, is based on the year that Jesus was born. He impacted this world. I want to read about seven verses. We're going to start in verse 1. And I'm reading out of the New American Standard, and I believe, Cora, you have that available as well. But I'd like you to join me in reading this. Can we read this together? Can we read it together? Okay, so let's start. But there will be no more gloom for who, her who was in anguish. In earlier times, he treated the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali with contempt. But later on, he shall make it glorious by the way of the sea and on the side of Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. The people who walk in darkness will see a great light. Those who live in a dark land, the light will shine on them. You shall multiply the nation. You shall increase their gladness. They will be glad in your presence, as with the gladness of harvest, as men rejoice when they divide the spoil. For you shall break the yoke of their burden, and the staff on their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor as at the battle of Midian. For every boot of the booted warrior in the battle tumult and cloak rolled in blood will be for burning fuel for the fire. For a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. There will be no end to the increase of his government or of peace on the throne of David and over his kingdom. To establish it and to uphold it with justice and righteousness from then on and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will accomplishments. Amen. That's good. 
Amen. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you, Lord, that you cared enough that your son came, was born of a virgin, lived this earth, gave his life so that we could have redemption and restoration and our relationship with you would be restored. And this morning, Lord, as we take a few minutes, I ask God that you would open our eyes to see the majesty of who you are. Holy Spirit, I submit to you and I ask you to flow through me this morning in your name. Amen. Jesus is amazing. Jesus is amazing. I, I want to read a few, few words here. He's going to multiply. He's going to increase your gladness. Who here could enjoy, who would appreciate an increase in gladness? That's what Jesus brings when he connects with us and when he comes to us. It says that he's going to multiply the nation. As with, and you'll, you'll be glad in your presence, in his presence. This morning, God's presence was here. This morning, his presence was here, and he was blowing on us and breathing on us and wooing over us. I love his presence. I'll tell you a little secret. Don't just come Sunday morning to enjoy his presence. Learn how to enjoy his presence at home. Learn how to spend time with him when you and your spouse or you and your children or you and your friends are together. Learn how to spend time with him. Learn how to woo the Holy Spirit, the presence of God. Because what happens is when you learn how to do that, it just magnifies when you get together with more people. It doesn't just go one step. It's like, it's like what they call an exponential curve, and it goes like this, and it just gets out of reach, and high. It doesn't just go as a linear thing. It goes exponentially, his presence. Well, I used a big math term there. E. Exponential. That's impressive. Jesus wants to impact your life. Do you know that he came to improve your life? The life that you're living now, no matter how good you're doing, no matter how spiritual you are, no matter how good you can speak in tongues, no matter how far the flames of fire leap off the tips of your finger, your life can still use improvement. And that improvement is Jesus Christ. Because it says in this passage of his government, it shall see no end. His government, his rule, his reign, and his dominion is designed to increase, 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 increase. We will never, ever get to the point where we said, Ah, Jesus, I figured it all out. I figured you all out. Throughout eternity, we will continue worshiping him. We will continue being in awe of his glory. We will continue being awe, in awe of his majesty. So this morning, I want to take a few minutes, and I want to show you some of the names of Jesus 
and how he can impact your life. And it's a passage that I've learned. I've grown up in the church, so I learned this. We would sing it, and we would hear of it at Christmas time. I want to take some time this morning, and I want to just unpack it. I want to just give you some pictures of what the name of Jesus looks like. And the first one I want to talk to about is his name. Um, in verse 6, it says, his name will be called Wonderful Counselor. Some people will break it into two. We'll just look at it as one, Wonderful Counselor. Now, the Hebrew language is a language of pictures. The letters in the Hebrew language are pictures, and they're picturesque. And so when you look at the Hebrew word, not only does it have a meaning, but it also has a picture behind it. And some of the pictures in the Hebrew language are so powerful. For instance... The word for priest, and myself being a priest in this house, a priest is someone who reveals the yes. That's what the picture of a priest is in the Hebrew language. So this morning, one of my quests is to reveal the yes to you. To unveil and to show you how Jesus can impact your life. And so when we look at this, this morning, I'd like to paint a picture. I'd like to paint four pictures. Now, if you saw me paint a picture with a brush, you better pray that I don't use a brush, but that I use my mouth. Because I will draw you a stick figure, and it won't look very good. So this morning, I want to paint a picture with my words this morning. And I'd like you, you can at times, you can close your eyes as long as you don't snore. You can close your eyes and I just want you to try to picture Jesus this morning and how he can affect your life. I said you can close your eyes just for a moment. You know, I keep them open every once in a while. The word wonderful, when you look at it in the Hebrew language, the picture that it makes. The word itself means wondrous, amazing, profound. But the picture that it paints, it's that a miracle so incredible, it stops the mouth. His name shall be called Jesus. His name shall be called Wonderful. Think about this. I'm going to hit you with a number of these in a row. The first thing I want you to see is Jesus is so wonderful that he wants to make your life so that you are speechless at times at the wonder and the glory of who he is. I'm a sports fanatic. I enjoy sports. Pastor Daniel said last week he'll PVR a game and he won't watch it. I don't PVR. I'll sit down and I'll watch it. And there's a, there was a commercial a number of years ago for the NHL at the Stanley Cup Finals. And they had this commercial that ran for about 30 seconds. And what they did was they, they interviewed people who had just finished the quest and had won the Stanley Cup. 
and the and the guy, the the interviewer, and they they did these clips, and it was over a number of years, and it was just part of their ad campaign. But they were talking about the quest for the cup, and these professional athletes gave of their life. They didn't just show up and play the game. They gave of their life to get this. And some of them, as early as, say, five, six, seven years old, thought and dreamed of winning the Stanley Cup. And then they get to the pinnacle of this, and they win the cup, and the interviewer puts the, the microphone in front of them and says, what do you have to say? And they put it in front, and the guy could say nothing. And they'd interview another, and they had this clip, and they must have had five or six professional hockey players who had given their life blood, sweat, tears, injuries, everything, but they had given their life in order to get the cup. And when they got it, it was so wonderful, they were speechless. That's the picture of what Jesus can do for you. His name. In fact, when you read some of the passages and some of the commentaries, they will say, and it's amazing, and I'm always amazed that it says, praise the name of Jesus. Praise the name of Jesus. Thank you. There's power in the name of Jesus, in the name of our Father. And, and it refers, and some of the history behind the Jewish people is that they said the name of God was so wonderful they would not use his name as in God, but they would say the name of God because his name was so revered that they wouldn't even pronounce it. If you look at some of the Jewish people, even today when they write the name God, they will put G-D because they are so in awe of his name. One of the commentaries said was instead of talking about God, the best they could do was talk about the name of God. His name is powerful. Wonderful is a miracle so incredible, it stops the mouth. Your salvation was so incredible that it would stop your mouth. You were translated from darkness into his light. That is the greatest miracle of all. The word counselor. I love this. And Jesus talks about the counselor. He talks about the counselor being the Holy Spirit. What I find amazing is when Jesus is talking about God, he's talking about the Father, he's talking about himself, he's talking about the counselor. Sometimes, or the Holy Spirit, sometimes I have a hard time because one time he'll say the Father and the next time he'll say Holy Spirit and he's referring to it in the same way. He's referring to him in this way and then the next verse he's talking about the, the Holy Spirit and he was referring to him the same way he referred to his Father. Do you know they're not jealous about each other? I sometimes struggle. What do I, how do worship Jesus, worship God, worship the Father. Come before him with thanksgiving. So Jesus, his name counselor. Do you know what the word picture that you get for the name counselor is? The picture is to make known what is seen for the need. Think about that. 
the counselor, what he does is he makes known and he makes seen, he makes known what is seen for the need. Who here has a need? Who here has said, God, would you help me? I've got some challenges ahead of me. I don't understand what's going on. I'm here to tell you, when you come to him and you talk to him, his name is counselor. His name is one who will make known what is seen for your need. I'm not sure everybody here was honest right now. Because if I look out, I think every single one of us has something in front of us that needs him. <laughs> Can we be honest? I, I have found I need him more today than I needed him yesterday. And if you're ever increasing in God, what you should find out is the challenges you face today are greater than the challenges you faced yesterday. And the battles you won yesterday only prepare you for what's coming up next. My need for him is ever increasing. And the word counselor, what he wants to do is he wants to show you, he wants to make visible the invisible. Jesus. This is his name. In Judges 13, 18, Samson's mom and dad are wanting to have a son. And God, the, angel, the God of the angel armies, comes to Samson's mom and says, you're going to have a child. She comes and tells her husband, whose name is Manoah, and he doesn't believe her. He's not sure what to think. And I found it interesting, if you read the passage, he says, can we ask God to say this again, and next time he tells you, can you get me? Like, it's amazing. He says, hey, sweetie, I'm so happy for you. Next time, he, you know, let's ask God to do this again because I'd like to hear it. And the angel of God comes again and he speaks to his wife. And, and she actually says to the angel of God, can you wait a moment and let me get my husband? This is real. This is not some, um, what's the 3D images that they, they, pardon me? Hologram. This is not a Hologram. They didn't have that technology, although God did. But they didn't have it back at the time of Samson's birth. This is not a hologram. This is the real thing. And she says, oh, wow, you're the same guy. Because she recognized him. She said, you're the same man who was here before. Can you wait a minute? Let me get my husband. She goes, gets her husband. Her husband comes, and he says, yeah, you're going to have a son. His name's going to be Samson. And he gives them all the details. And then they're talking with him. And he says, when this happens, this is Manoah, when this happens, what's your name so that we can remember you and honor you? And the reply that God says, if you look in Judges 13, verse 18, he says, my name is too wonderful. I've heard of people who've had encounters with God who can't speak. I wish there were people who had encounters with God that would stop speaking. Some of you got that. 
in Judges, in John 14, Jesus says he's going to ask the Father and he'll give you another helper. Jesus is preparing the disciples for when he leaves. And what he was saying is, is I'm going to ask for one of the same. So the Holy Spirit is not any less than God than Jesus is. He's one of the same. And he says, but he's going to come and he's going to be a helper. In some versions, it says counselor, comforter. In Jeremiah 33, I want to read this to you. What I'm trying to do is paint a picture of Jesus. Because as we celebrate this year, they may have pictures of Santa. They may have Christmas trees. They may have all these other things. But the reason for the season is Jesus. And I enjoy, I don't have any issue with that. I enjoy the celebration. I enjoy the, the it's a time when, the, when people get together and we celebrate. But may we celebrate Jesus. May we celebrate the one who causes us to stop speaking. May we celebrate the one who makes known what is seen for the need. And in Jeremiah 33, verses 1 to 3, he says, The word of the Lord came unto Jeremiah the second time, while he was shut up, shut up in the court of prison. That's the only time the Bible says shut up. In the court of the prison, saying, Thus says the Lord, the maker thereof, the Lord that formed it to establish it, the Lord is his name, call unto me, and I will answer you. And I will show you great and mighty things that you do not know. I'm a candidate for that. Anybody here would like to see things beyond what you can see? You know what? His name's Jesus. Jesus is the answer. He's not a answer. He's the answer. His name is going to be called Wonderful Counselor. I wrote down this. Jesus makes known the invisible for the visible. What you see, Jesus comes and he makes shown what is you don't see for what you actually do see. Can you imagine if you're a businessman? And you walk into a situation and there's a table with five or six of you sitting around the table, taking your pencils, knocking them on the table, scratching your head, drinking lots of water, having coffee, and going, we got this problem. And everybody's looking at this problem. And all of a sudden, God speaks to you and he gives you something that nobody else sees because they're always looking at the problem. But he shows you the invisible to see the visible. That's how Jesus operates. I'm not sure we've tapped into all that Jesus is. His name is wonderful. Then he says, mighty God. The picture for mighty God. And this term is used a number of times in the Bible, but the picture here, and I find this interesting, it's the one who would gather and lift up the house established for man with great power, strength, and authority. 
The picture of mighty God is he comes and he establishes the house that, that he gave to man with power authority. God wants to come and he wants to establish your house this morning. He's interested in your house. And what I find amazing, he doesn't say he's going to establish his house. He wants to establish your house because he's in your house. And what he wants to do is he wants to establish your house with power and authority. Jesus, when he talked to the disciples, in Matthew 28, one of the last words that he spoke in Matthew was, all authority is given unto me, Go, therefore. What did he do? He had the authority, and now he was transferring it to them. That is still alive today. I had four of you. The power and the authority that Jesus gave when he ascended up on high is still the same power and authority that you and I can live in today. And the picture that he has here, the name of Jesus, is that he comes and he establishes your house with power and authority. Pastor Daniel got excited. I get excited when I preach, too. I dance, but I dance ugly. Okay, that was not the time for the amen. God wants to establish your house. And he wants to establish your house with power and with authority and with strength. Now picture this if you could. Who here lives with neighbors around them? That was not a trick question, but we all have neighbors around us. Can you imagine your neighbor coming to you and saying, you know what, I don't understand this, but I got a problem and you just seem to be somebody that can help me. You've got something. I believe God is in the world in the business of making differences in people's lives. Jesus came to improve our life. He came to improve your life and one of the ways he does is, is he establishes the family, he establishes the home and he puts his power, his authority in that place. Can you imagine people come into your house because your place is a place of miracles? If you don't believe it, you may never see it. So I'd encourage you to start believing it because when you start to believe it, what you do is you open up the door for the possibilities of what God can do. I've had people talk to me because they've seen something different in me. They could have talked to other people, but they said, you know what, there's just something, I kind of like you. And I said, well, I am a likable guy. And they said, well, yeah, but no, it's beyond that, David. You're, I know you're a likable guy. But no. God wants to establish your house so that your house on whichever street you live in is a beacon of hope, power, strength, and authority. And it's your house. That's what his name means. If you live in a condominium, you've got everybody around you. (laughs) 
It says in Isaiah 33, verse 6, talking prophetically of Jesus, it says, he will be the stability of your times. He comes and he establishes for man great power, strength, and authority. I wrote this down in regards to that. Jesus is the one who lifts up the house and establish, establishes for us it with great power, strength, and authority. Who's a candidate for that? Just take a moment right now and thank him that he comes and establishes your house with great power and authority. His name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, the Eternal Father. Some passages says Everlasting Father. The word eternal, a picture, I want to paint this picture. I'm using the Hebrew language for this. The word eternal means you can continue when you see the door. Jesus says, I've come to give them life and to give them life eternal. He also said, I am the door. When you see Jesus, what you do is you see the door that opens for eternity. What a picture. When you look at Jesus, do you look at and you see it going on and on and on? Because when you see him, what happens is your life changes and you've now changed your eternal destination to now with him. The word eternal, the picture is you can continue when you see the door. The word father is leader or strength of the family. Jesus wants to come and he wants to be the leader and the strength of your family. If there's one unit that is attacked in this world today, it is the family unit. And I'm going to say something to you that might shock you, but the world does not have the solution. It doesn't. Dr. Phil? No. Oprah? Uh-uh. And all those other talk show hosts, they don't have the answer. God is the answer, and he's the one that wants to come and father our families. It says, it says in Psalm 68, verses 5 and 6, it says that God is a father to the fatherless. If you don't have a father, I'm here to tell you, you have a father. Because God is the father to the fatherless. And then when you continue reading on the next verse, it says, and he makes a home for the lonely. These are pictures of Jesus and how he wants to impact our life and your life and my life. In John 3, 16, if you're a sports fan, you see that behind the goalposts when they play football. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him will not perish, but will have everlasting life. He's the eternal Father. In John 17, it says, And this is life eternal, that they may know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. The name of Jesus is a powerful name. 
It's a strong name. The disciples, when they were sent out, Jesus sent out 70, and they came back and they said, you would not believe what happened when we used your name. Things happen. In fact, if you read the Gospels, and this is pretty wild, there's a group of people running around using Jesus' name that didn't even know him, according to the disciples. And they came to him and said, listen, God, listen, man, We've got other guys around the corner using your name and they're having miracles, but they don't associate. And he says, no, let it go. If they're doing that, that's okay. <sighs> the power of his name. That's who came 2,000 years ago and made a way where there was no way lived a pure, sinless life, was 100% God and 100% man. I can't explain it except to say it. Was tempted in all points like you and me, yet without sin. I would suggest to you that he did that in a human perspective, otherwise we could not expect it or believe it or receive it because it would be beyond us. He came, he put aside his deity, he said, I will come in the form and in the likeness of man. And he lived and he related with us and he showed us that there is a way back to the Father through him. He's so wonderful. Anybody here ever been speechless? My family, none of them put up their hand. It's true. Especially when we're watching sports, they're never speechless. Jesus is the everlasting strength of your family. Don't look for strength from some quick ways. Look to Jesus to be the strength of your family. Because he says, that's my name. That's the picture of who I am. When I came, I came for that. And by the way, Isaiah was written like 700 years before Jesus. <laughs> he didn't write the week before he came. 700 years ago, before he was born, Isaiah, through the gift of the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, spoke words that were uttered by the Holy Spirit that he penned, and he said, for unto you is going to be born, and his name's going to be. 700 years later, Jesus is born, and he lives out his life, and it's a life that's wonderful. It's a life that's holy. It's a life that's pure. Jesus is the everlasting strength of the family. Because of Jesus, you can continue with life and you can see eternal life. Then he's the prince of peace. I find this amazing. He's the father, he's the mighty God, he's also the prince of peace. And the word prince, the picture that's associated with prince, is a devouring man. It's got teeth in that picture. A devouring man, one, one 
version is a devouring man, and another one is someone that will devour man. But there's strength. There's a warrior-like picture associated with the prince. I find that interesting because it's, it's a warrior type of picture, and then the second word is peace. Sometimes you got to fight for your peace. I'm here to tell you, Jesus already did. If you don't have peace right now, take a look at Jesus because he's the prince of peace. And the word peace, the picture that's peace, and we use this term and we've heard it before, shalom, but the picture that's associated with the word peace is peace comes when we destroy the authority that establishes chaos. Man, I jump right now. That wasn't too bad. Jesus is the peace that comes and destroys the authority that established chaos. If you've got chaos in your life, one word, Jesus. If you have to walk through your house and say, Jesus, Jesus. You know what? You might think that sounds silly, but every time you utter his name, everything on earth, below earth and above earth, hears his name and responds. I've heard people laying in their bed who couldn't speak, and they barely uttered the word Jesus, and they had this hand that was on their throat left. Don't tell me his name is weak. His name is powerful. And his name destroys chaos. And if there's something that's happening in this world, one word you could use is chaos. You and I know the name that destroys that. says in Colossians 3.15, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Let the chaos breaker rule in your life. If you've got chaos happening, you better talk to Jesus. Is it that easy? You know what? It starts there and then he gives you practical things. If you look at the life of Jesus, he heals people and then he says, now don't go and sin anymore. You have to change as well, but he does the work, and then he says, now don't do it anymore. The word repent means to change the way you think. So when they said, what do we have to do? Repent and be baptized. What he said was, you need to change the way you think. You can't accept Christ and keep thinking the way you thunk because you'll get sunk. You need to change the way you think. Because that's what repentance is. I used to think like this. I used to think about getting even. I used to think about causing chaos. I used to think about that. I don't anymore because I've repented and I've changed the way I think. And I've gone in opposite direction. And now I think peace. Now I think safety. Now I think support. Now I think love. Now I think what can I do to help? That's how Jesus affects your life and my life. And he destroys chaos. Sometimes I think we need to have a prayer line and all we do is say, Jesus, 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 Jesus. 
His name's more powerful than any other word I could speak. He destroys chaos. Amen? I'm not sure if you've ever heard a Christmas message with that much enthusiasm. Usually it's, you know, a long time ago in Bethlehem. So the Holy Word says, a little child was born. I'm here to tell you that he is the one that changed history. And he's here today to change your history. So what I want to do before we continue and before I close, those are two opposite words. If you need Jesus in your life and you've never accepted him before, you can right now. And how do you do that? You change the way you think. You accept him. You declare that he's the Lord of your life. And it's done. You don't have to come. I'm not going to ask you to come forward. What I would love to do is if you've done that, let me know after the service. I'd love to see you. I'd like to look in your face. And I'd like to declare the goodness of God. So this morning, if you've never accepted Christ, this Christmas can be a different Christmas. Because he destroys chaos. If there's anybody here this morning, then you can say, you know what? I need to be a little more Jesus aware. I'd like you to stand. And I want to pray for you this morning. If you say, well, you know what? There's a bit of chaos. I want to pray for you. If you could say, well, you know what? My family's kind of fighting it right now. I want to pray for you. If you say, you know what? I just can't see past today, and yet Jesus shows me eternity. I want to pray for you this morning because he will show you things that you don't see. So if there's anybody here this morning that you say, you know what? I, I just need, I need an upgrade. I think the term is level up. I, I just need to, to get a reboot. I just want you to stand right now. We're just going to close in prayer. Hallelujah. Heavenly Father, this Christmas season, may we remember your name. May your name be first and foremost in our lives. And Lord, I thank you for this time of the year. I thank you, Lord, for the celebrations. I thank you, Lord, that the rest of society, Lord, may look, and although they may not know it all, Lord, that we have an opportunity to share Christ with them. And Lord, I speak for families. I speak for individuals right now. Lord, I speak for chaos, and I command it to leave in the name of Jesus. And I speak to those that need wisdom, and I speak the name counselor to come and to rule in their life. Lord, mighty God, may you establish families and homes. Eternal Father, may you open up our eyes to see eternity through you. Lord Jesus, and Prince of Peace, may you come and devour those things which cause chaos in our lives. You broke them. You made a show of them openly. And thank you, Jesus. And everybody said, amen. God bless you. Have an amazing week.